The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now, your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McCray, Heckma Harrison, and Newey Scruggs. Cowboy Nation, hello and welcome to the Players' Lounge. Uh, sponsored by Tostitos, the official chip and dip of the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, you are now rocking with the best. I'm Heckman Harrison. And as always, we can't form Voltron because one Newey Struggs is in Oxnard. But this is as close as it gets. I got two <laughs> former Cowboy safeties, Barry Church. Danny McCray is at the desk. And, man, we have a great show planned today. But, fellas, you know what I do. I'm gonna check on you. It's been a long. It's been a long time since I seen you, Barry. I mean, yeah, it's, it's been, been a couple days. It's been about a week. It's been about a week, But to answer your question, heck, how are you, you doing? Know, my mentals are great. Mentals are great, man. I went to my first Rangers game uh, yeah. yesterday for the first time ever. The indoor, man, it was a lovely experience. Um, something to take the family to. So it was cool. It was cool. Where'd you sit? All way up there. I was. Oh. Uh, well, I, I, was like, I was way up there. I think I was like 120. 22 or something like that, but it was a good vantage point. You got to see everything. Yeah. Newey don't believe that. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody Because Newey gave him the tickets. Yeah. Newey gave him the, the tickets. Danny, how are you, brother? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. Listen, I'm having a great time, you know, the, being a dad, uh, enjoying yeah. life, you know, and I'm and I'm, I'm seeing you taking care of yourself, man. So man, I'm okay. man, Apple a day. Keep it, keep it out the way, man. I have my apple, I have my yogurt. I'm yeah. Trying to do what's saying, man. Trying to get like Newey, man. Trying to get like Newey. Newey, how is Oxnard treating you, brother? Newey the pro. Newey the pro. Come on, Newey. I asked you how you do. Yeah. What's I, going I, on? Hey, hey. <laughs> hey I, this couldn't is hear. I couldn't hear. It froze for a second. All these. All, the, all these folks who come around here, these, these signals have uh, interrupted. I'm fine, guys. I'm fine. I'm doing better than Tristan Vizcaino because I'm here. <laughs> oh, what a shit. Well, this is, uh, <laughs> this is the Players' Lounge, and we're going to keep it player. Uh, look, I just going to gloss over that. Since, since we, no, since we, since we check in mentals and we see that uh, Nui's mentals are right where they need to be, hey, give us the, the news and notes uh, there in Oxnard, Nui. <laughs> All right, so Saturday was an abysmal performance by the kickers, okay? It was bad between Tristan Vizcaino and, and Brandon Arbor. So they ended up cutting Vizcaino today. So Brandon is now the kicker. He's going to be able to go into the Jacksonville game and, and handle all the kicking duties. Mike McCarthy, the head coach, was asked today at the press conference, so why not bring in a veteran? And he's like, well, we want to give, we want to give uh, Brandon reps and see what he can do. So this guy was kicking in the USFL. He's from Plano, so he's a local kid. He's gonna basically what I got from Mike was he deserves the opportunity to fail. So come Jacksonville, we'll see what he does. All week long, he's gonna have his opportunity. But I mean, when the crowd was out here booing these guys, and then when, when they ended up did making a kick, uh, they gave him that, that that New York Yankees side clap like, oh yay! <laughs> but um, look, you should be worried, okay? If it's right now going into the Giants game, your biggest concern is who's gonna make the extra points and field goals on Sunday Night Football because right now that answer is not clear at all for the Cowboys. 
Uh, if you didn't know, uh, Vizcaino was cut today. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, now we know. Now you know, Barry. But also, Nui, the position battles that obviously we're hearing about back at home that are playing out down there, man. Talk about what you're seeing because obviously a lot of people are writing about a lot of different positions on both sides of the ball. All right, so one of the questions, the only question I asked Mike McCarthy about today is how should we view this offensive line and, and what we're seeing? And he said, obviously, he doesn't have you know, his five yet for, to, to start the season. He said that's still developing. He says right now the defense is ahead of the offensive line. they got a lot of different combinations, and he says that's good for development. So he's looking at getting guys reps. And, and look, man, at times, and the reason I ask the question is it, it, sometimes it doesn't look real pretty. Sometimes you got some defensive players, you know, like uh, Osa and, and, and you got Micah back here getting after dudes. And so you look at the offensive line, and you're like, okay, let, let's see where it goes. So basically with a new offensive line coach, let's just give it time. By the way, Micah Parsons did say that, that – Tyron Smith is really still good. Okay, so, I mean, he's really, he's really good because you know people put that video out there. You know, he you know, kind of, kind of, kind of got by Tyron just a little bit, just a little bit out there. But but you know, Tyron, he said, man, Tyron's still a monster. Okay, so for for certain people on this show that are always trying to find something negative towards that fine USC Trojan, just understand, Mike Parsons said he's still I, really good. Boy, I'm I'm trying to find. Some, did I post the video? Nah, you ain't posted. Was I? there for the rep? No. Okay. I'm just asking. Okay. Have I? Listen, I'm not, I'm no longer active in the NFL, okay? So I don't play any games. Mm -hmm. I'm real close to top. Okay? <laughs> I, I mean, I'd have played the left. Now, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Listen, uh, if Tyron is healthy, as I've always said, he is still a top-notch player. When he's on the field and he's healthy, he's still a top-notch player. The only issue that I had with Tyron over the last few years, specifically starting with Adrian Claiborne in the uh, in the Atlanta Falcons game when Tyron went out and we saw the impact that it had on us and then continuously year after year after year when Tyron goes out, we have the same problem. Mm -hmm. So that's my only issue with, with that of like the health factor, not his ability to play. Yeah, that what what Micah did to him, that happens sometimes, especially as you get a little older. You know, somebody get get, get the best of you every once in a while. But I still think he's a, a good player. Yeah, Just, I, mean, I definitely think, you know, Tyron's, you know, he I'm not gonna call him you know, a top five tackle in the game right now, but I'll give him top ten. You know, when healthy, I still think he has the capabilities of being a standout player out there. And, and, and let's be honest, you know, Michael Parsons has done that to a lot of offensive tackles in the National Football League. He's a premier edge rusher, and he's just showing how great he is as a talent. So hopefully, you know, Tyron Smith can stay healthy. But uh, the, the question I want to ask you, Nui, is I've heard a lot of reports out of, of camp about Jalen Tolbert, and he's actually been stepping up and playing halfway decent out there in camp, starting to get a little bit of separation can you see from the sidelines where you're at, can you see him taking that next step and maybe even capturing that wide receiver four position out there? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand on my soapbox just a little bit here. Just a little bit. Okay. When I said earlier this year that if I'm Jalen Tolbert, I stick next to Dak. You know, I'm, I'm there by four, and I'm trying to be wherever he is. And apparently – 
That is what's happened. He has stuck by Dak Prescott. Uh, Brian Schottenheimer, um, also head coach Mike McCarthy, said there's not a day where that young man has not been there in the building trying to work, trying to get better. And, and one of the things I have an appreciation for is he owned last year. You know, he, he, he said, yeah, I wasn't where I needed to be. So he has made that jump, and people talk about it. And Danny, you went through it. Barry, you went through it, that jump from your first year to your second year. He has a better understanding of what he needs to do. I think maybe some people forgot that he came out of South Alabama and might not have been ready for what this NFL life entails. So, so far, the young man is doing his part. I would tell you I feel better about his future than I do about, let's say, a Kelvin Joseph, a number dra number two draft pick they made a couple years ago, and, and what I think Jalen Tolbert can be. Special teams, he's going to have to show us what he can do. Done a little bit there in some practice. But you know, Saturday night is going to be huge for a guy like Jalen Tolbert. going to be huge for a guy like, like Kelvin Joseph to show us what you learn, is it going to translate on the football field? And so, so far, they're saying all the right things about about Mr. Tolbert, what you're seeing. I think he has improved to where he was from last year. Is that good enough? Is that going to be better than the kid from South Carolina, Brooks, that they all enjoy? I just think Saturday night is going to be a big tell for a lot of guys because I, I, I call it all Oxnard. A lot of dudes will look good out here in Oxnard on these practice fields, but can you do it when the lights are on at AT&T Stadium? That's where you're going to see some guys step up and you're going to see some guys that shrink. Mike McCarthy spoke about how he's not even looking at his – he's like, I don't have the 53-man roster in my mindset. I don't even go through it. He said, because I know there's going to be some guys that go out here on Saturday night and make you say, whoa. And I think Mike's 100% right about that. I, I, I got a question for you, Nui, um, just because I've been, I've been reading and hearing that there's been a lot of ones versus ones out there at training camp, all right? And we all get to see, of course, because the media yes. is going to blow it out of proportion, that Dak is throwing interceptions, whatever. <laughs> whatever is going on. What, is, what are you seeing out there? Because you get to see it in its entirety. What are you seeing from Dak as far as does he look different based on the changes that are made with Mike McCarthy calling the plays now versus Kellen Moore? Is he trying to figure it out? Or is he just really smooth and, 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 the, and the internet is just finding those, you know, those practice plays to where the defense gets the best of the offense? I, uh, we all play fantasy football here. I don't know about heck, but you know, the th the, you, we play. Um, go get him early, okay? Go get him mm, early. Okay. Because mm. last year, as, as much as people pointed the finger at him, outside of C.D. Lamb, it was the maybes. It's not that case anymore. C.D. Lamb has gotten better, believe it or not. Okay, he's gotten better. Uh, Brandon Cooks is just good. I remember talking to um, uh, – to Al Harris, and we're asking, hey, what does Brandon Cooks bring? He's like, effing speed, man. Have you seen him? Uh, he's a really, really good football player. And then, then you got Michael Gallup, who's comfortable out here making one-hand catches. So just the, the players around Dak at the wide receiver position are better. Who you know, Gallup could be receiving a lot of one-on-one -on -one coverage if Cook stays healthy and if Lamb is just the guy we've seen out here at camp continuing to get better. You're going to watch Michael Gallup. You're going to watch Jake Ferguson running around, you know, basically unchecked or just, you know, just, just having man-on-man -man coverage. So that's why I said, man, go get, go get yourself Dak Prescott. Last year, Jalen Hurts was a guy I went and got fantasy. In fact, I got Jalen Hurts the last two years. Um, Dak Prescott, <laughs> that, and, you know, watching Dak even run some, run some bootlegs here in the end okay, zone. So okay. I'm just trying to tell you, man.
Uh, anybody worry? If you if you worried about Dak Prescott, then you probably are watching too much of these these debate shows. Um, this this guy looks good out here, and you need help. Why did Jalen Hurts have the year he had? Because they gave him some help. Why is Tua looking good last year? Because they gave him some doggone help. Dak didn't have it last year. People are like, oh, he's not this, he's not that. I'm sorry. How are you supposed to win with James Washington? Anybody win with James Washington? No. <laughs> So, oh, so, so, so what you're saying is the, the new play caller, okay, looks like it's going to be a positive. Hey, man, I hate to tell you, Barry Church, you're going to miss. <laughs> Don't you start this disrespect on this Barry, the way, you, the, way, the way you sit around here and you take this beating from Danny and I about Joe Burrow, about your boy Justin Herbert, I think you're going to be taking that same beating. Man. I think you're going to take the same beating, man. I'll play caller, to play caller is going to be fine, man. You're going to be looking up like, wow. Should have done this years ago. Should have listened to Danny years ago. Have McCarthy call these players. That's what we doing. All right. Yeah. All right, man. He, he on Look fire. Look drinking the Kool-Aid. Oh, he, he on fire right now, man. You want the hopium pack, man? <laughs> <laughs> hopium. Hey, I haven't even bought my new batch in yet. But I'm going I'm to switch over to the other side, man, because I want to talk about this defense, especially say a bad word uh -oh, here. Did I freeze up? Safeties. No, you didn't freeze did I up. freeze up? Nah, nah. you good, news. Safeties. And, and you know how it has been with safeties around here. But Malik Hooker. Signed a new contract, which is, which, in Cowboy Land, that's good news. Yep, you back that second went out. You back that position up uh, with Malik Hooker. You get Donovan Wilson in signing his contract as well. What do you guys feel about the safeties and the way that they solidified that group? Um, I'm pleasantly surprised. I mean, to me, this is the first time in since I can remember that the Cowboys have put this many dollars into the safety unit, and rightfully so. I mean, you got the three-headed monster right now. You got Donovan Wilson, who's kind of that tone setter downhill, who hits you in the mouth. You got a curse who's, you know, versatile, can play all types of positions. And you got your middle of the field guy who has unbelievable range and Malik Hooker, who a lot of people, including myself, thought, hey, man, off that, those injuries that he sustained, you know, an ACL, I think he had an Achilles as well. Yeah. It was like, I don't know if he still got that juice. But you see, the guy can get off the hash. You can make plays in the deep end. And that's what this, this Cowboys safety unit has been missing for a long time. So, to me, they allocated the dollars into the right people. Now, when you talk about, you know, that guy curse, you know, you got, you got Donald getting paid a lot of ducats. You got Hooker getting paid a lot of ducats. And then you see a guy like Curse who a lot of people, you know, was the defensive captain, was the playmaker out there as far as getting everybody orchestrated. You got to start thinking in his mind, man, so, so where does that leave me? You know, you, you got guys coming up on a totem pole, and okay. I'm just kind of the odd so, man out. So, to me, um, Curse got a lot to think about, but where they put those dollars in that safety unit, they, they needed to do that because those guys are, uh, are great players. Hey, I got audio back here. Church, just want to piggyback on what you said. Uh, Stephen Jones wasn't here. He was at Kansas with his dad for DeMarcus Ware's uh, enshrinement, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And by the way, congratulations, yes, D. Ware. Beautiful speech. I'm going to ask him and see if I can get a hold of him after practice because the thing that I'd like to know was Curse offered a deal and they couldn't come to numbers? Um, because I know the first thought is like, okay, well, what, what about J.K.? And, and who Dan Quinn has gone out of his way to praise, who played like a warrior last year for these guys. How come he's not getting a bag? 
did they approach him and then him say, well, we couldn't agree to numbers or I wanted this or I wanted that or the teams, you know, there's there's just other things that go into it that I'd like to see what, what is happening there. And maybe Steven will give us some insight because I just think at times we just want to assume that maybe the team doesn't like the player, but the player and the team have to come together and say, what do I want? I spoke to Malik Hooker afterwards with other people and, and Hooker said he likes living here, didn't want to go to a different system. And I think this also speaks to the fact of what these guys feel about DQ, um, Joe Witt Jr., about what they're running and how comfortable they feel they are. So take a little bit less money. You know, I mean, I understand guys who want to go get in the bag, but Hooker had an affinity for being here and wanted to be here. That much I know. So he probably took less dollars. Danny, let me ask you this. You obviously being a safety in the NFL, if you're Jerron Curse, being that leader on this team, being a green dot guy at times on this team and know the role that you play, are you okay with seeing other guys obviously get paid in front of you, knowing that, hey, man, this year could be pretty big for you and you could be a guy that's in line to get paid big dollars next year? Okay, yeah, I, I guess I'll have to put it uh, in, in, in terms of, of how I would feel if <laughs> if I wasn't offered yeah. a deal, right? So we're okay. just going to assume that he wasn't offered a deal. He, okay. he could have been, but I'm going to just go from that assumption. I'm incentivized at this point. One, to make you pay for not for not paying me, right? I'm gonna ball out this season and then find out who wants to really give me the bag and I'm and I'm and I'm chunking deuces on y'all. Mm-hmm. Two, I'm hoping DQ get out of here next year and he takes me with him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, okay, that's all right. When DQ leaves, I know I'm the guy, I'm not tied to Dallas, but yeah, I might feel a little slighted uh, if I didn't get offered a deal and the other two safeties are offered one. I'm the green dot guy, I'm the leader on the defense, and oh yeah, by the way, I've been balling. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a uh I, I, I feel a little way, but us as athletes that's what happens man when they say you have a chip on your shoulder like some like yeah. some business decisions make you they put right. that chip on your shoulder right. or turn it into a boulder mm-hmm. and then maybe you see the guy come out and have an even better season than he had previously and he'd be laughing his way to the bank next season but i know malik hooker and them be seeing them no state taxes man that's what's up them guys. <laughs> you, got, you gotta get those <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> hey, nothing motivates you like money but i gotta ask you this Nui, if you're zach martin and you see the Dallas Cowboys make these signings. How does that affect you, especially with you holding out for more dollars? I think you can, okay, if I'm looking at it, just kind of putting on a hat of both sides. If I'm looking at the Zach side, you say, hey, man, um, you've committed dollars and you've paid other people before. Other folks have jumped out of line and you've paid them. Uh, I'm a Hall of Fame football player. You can take care of me if you want to. On the flip side, you're the Cowboys. Hey, we've given you your your money. We paid you at the top. You were a first-round draft pick. You were taken care of there. We have the leverage. We don't have to pay you. Going, and I had a good conversation I'm going to put up uh, with, with Todd Archer on uh, on the uh, NBC DFW website later on about how you go into missing games, you know, regular season games. It's money you will not get back. It's it's you know, it starts messing with your contract and, and escalators and things within that that you don't want to do. So, I just at this point in time, Todd Archer of ESPN has and Todd has a good relationship with Zach, but he really does feel you're not going to see Zach Martin miss any regular season games. That this will just be a training camp thing. That he will be there uh, week number one and with the kind of Hall of Fame resume that he is putting up, you don't want to miss another opportunity to be an all-pro guard one more time, to have more 
statistics that go your way when they go into the room to vote on the Hall of Fame and, and rubber stamp you as a first ballot guy. So that to me, I think, is your hope. And I think Jerry has a I think they feel the same way that he's he's not going to miss regular season games. So you and don't Mike McCarthy has come out here and said he's not worried about Zach Martin. So you don't see this um, having any type of how, how Emmett Smith held out back, and I believe it was like 95 or 96, where he missed the first couple games, and then Charles Haley went over there and said, hey, y'all got to pay this man so we can get back <laughs> on track. You don't see that type of situation happening with uh, Zach Martin? Okay, I'm, I'm going to put this out here for Emmett Smith, and please never, will you ever see <laughs> Emmett, don't ever, don't ever say he held out because he, he's still sensitive about that. He's like, I did not hold out. My contract was expired. So you can't hold out if you have an expired contract. And Jerry was trying to get him on the cheap. Emmett's like, pay me more than Barry Sanders. I've won a Super Bowl. I've led the league in rushing. Pay me. And Jerry was like, no. So they lose the first two games and go back to what this was at the time. This was an offense that was predicated on the run. As great a quarterback as Troy Eggman was, Jimmy was running the football. There was no doubt he was the most valuable player on that team and the engine that they had to have two games go. They lose them. Uh, at that point in time, no team had ever gone 0-2 and won the Super Bowl. So everybody's frustrated. Sponsors are mad. And then, boom, Jerry goes and makes the deal. Zach Martin, in my opinion, is not going to be that. I don't see him being that linchpin that – if the Cowboys go 0-2, everybody says, oh, my gosh, you got to pay Zach. I also don't think that Zach Martin will, will miss the first two games because, as I said, you go back into the kind of money that you will lose and, and how it affects the rest of your contract. I just don't see that happen. He's an 11-time Emmy winner, Newey Shrugs, bringing <laughs> us the news from Oxnard, California. I heard the horn go off back there, Newey. We're going to let you go, and we appreciate you for tuning in to your show, The Players' Lounge. You know you put the P in Players' Lounge, Newey. So we're going to hold it down for you, brother Newey, while you're out there covering the Dallas Cowboys. But when we come back... We're All right, guys. Talk, talk to you later. All right. When later. we come back, we're going to talk about the leaders on this team on The Players' Lounge. Want to use the Cowboys locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word cowboys. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com is one of the most trusted ways to buy, sell, and trade crypto. Whether you're always on the go or stay closer to home, Blockchain.com is just a few taps away. Put the power of crypto in your pocket so no matter where you are, you can trade on your terms and build a crypto portfolio to fit your life. For crypto pros, rookies, and anyone in between, Blockchain.com makes it easy to own a piece of the future. Blockchain.com, trusted by millions, trusted by America's team. Hi, I'm Danny McCray, Dallas Cowboys alumni player here with Smoothie King. And Smoothie King wants to ask you, what's that sound? That's the sound of you and everyone else absolutely loving new smoothie bowls from Smoothie King. And woo, me too. 
These smoothie bowls start with acai and pitaya and are handcrafted with fresh toppings like sliced bananas, sweet berries, crunchy purely Elizabeth granola, and a savory peanut butter drizzle. New smoothie bowls, only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with pregame sideline access and photo ops with current players, cheerleaders, and cowboy legends. You want to stay at a team hotel, attend the best tailgate party in Texas, tour the star, and talk X's and O's with me, Everson Walls? With Star Sports Tours, you can. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Back to the Players' Lounge. The official 2023 Dallas Cowboys Star Magazine training camp preview is now available. This year's edition featuring scouting reports, position analysis, a pull-out schedule poster, and articles from your favorite Cowboy writer. Get your training camp preview today at DallasCowboys.com slash star. Back in action. Okay. <laughs> On the Players' Lounge. <laughs> Teenagers. Uh, it's the Players' Lounge. And man, Nui gave us some, some nuggets. He did. He gave him some nuggets, all right? A lot of the insight on what's going on with the way that the Cowboys are looking at Zach Martin, the thought process with Malik Hooker and signing that contract and the guys that are pushing the envelope down there in Oxnard. And, this man, it's going to get interesting. When these cuts start to happen in the next couple of weeks, man, it's gonna, I believe it's going to be some names on there that's going to shock everybody. And, I mean, I know, look, it's still got to play out. We still got to look at the preseason. But I, you guys know it. There are no shoe-ins at certain positions. It doesn't matter even about draft pick where you got drafted. It may be interior line, safety, receiver, mm-hmm. things like that. I mean, it's all starting to play out. But one of the things I want to talk to y'all specifically about is locker room chemistry, locker room leadership. You guys know how important that is. Mm-hmm. And guys on this team seem like they like each other, love each other. They kick it with each other outside of the facility. But the bigger thing I think that you guys have talked about, I've heard you talk about before, is just the leadership part uh, on this team. You bring in uh, Stephon Gilmore. You bring in a Brandon Cooks. Mm-hmm. And you bring in two <laughs> players like that that obviously are making an impact on your team. But just talk about how important that is and where this could actually be such a positive thing for a team that was already finishing 12-5 and five last season. I'll start with you. Yeah, I think it's been instant. I mean, you, you could just listen to, to Trayvon Diggs, who was our, be- who was our best corner yeah. uh, for the last few years, breaking records, doing, doing everything he can to be better. His brother, Stephon Diggs, play, plays in the league, so he already has the, the idea of how to be a professional. And then you get a guy like Stephon Gilmore <clears throat> to come in, comes in, and he's like, oh, man, I'm learning a lot from this dude. Like, this dude is showing me how to be a better professional, what he does to be as good as he's been for so long, and how I can be better. And you say, all right, Stephon Diggs, like, he just got paid $100 million. Mm -hmm. And he's still still looking at another guy saying, I can be better than what I am based off what I'm learning from him. Mm -hmm. And then same thing with CeeDee Lamb in the wide receiver room. He's talking to, uh, to Cooks, and he's saying, hey, well, I'm getting all these little tidbits from him, and I think I can make my game be a little bit better based off of what I've learned from him. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're in the locker room, when you have guys 
in your position group meeting who can give you those those nuggets, who can who has the experience for you to say, I respect what he's saying, right? Because most of the time, if it's somebody who's been in, no, in, in those shoes in that position, you're going to listen to them versus somebody who hasn't done it. That same thing on the coaching side. So I think when you have guys like that in the locker room, uh, in those position uh, meeting rooms, I think it's just it just helps you. And that's why you, I think you see the team being a lot more competitive. They're a lot closer now mm-hmm. where they can throw the ball at each other after a play and it's, and it's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because in some locker rooms, that'd be a fight. Right. Like, right. Why, like what you throw the ball at me for, mm-hmm. now these dudes, they close enough for it to say, you know, man, this is all competition and we're good and this is going to make us better. Yeah, it's, it's, it's huge to have leadership in a locker room. I mean, some of the teams that I've been on, the better teams that I've been on, we were extremely close and extremely tight. And you had those veteran leaders to show the youngsters out there how to go about things. I mean, to me, it's important when you talk about leadership, there's two type of leaders. You know, there's a vocal leader and then you got your lead by example leader. And to me, I think the Cowboys cover both bases. When you look at defensive side of the football, you look at Stephon Gilmore, who he's kind of a quiet guy, not, not a really vocal guy out there. He's kind of just like, this is how I'm going to do it. If you want to be successful, this is just follow my lead, follow my example. And Diggs has done a great job doing that, as well as the other corners. They've done a great job learning from the lead by example type of guy like Gilmore is. And then when you talk about vocal leadership, a guy that's going to get the, the team hyped, the guy that's going to run through a brick wall and have everybody run through him with him, you talk about a guy like Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, he's always out there hyping this team up, making sure this team is always on their P's and Q's. So defensively, you got that understanding that you have that, lo- that vocal leader. You have that lead by example leader. And on the offensive side of the ball, the same thing. You look at a guy like Dak Prescott, vocal and lead by example. And you got Brandon Cooks out there, who's not really the most vocal guy, but he goes out there and he takes the top off of defenses and shows these young receivers how to go about, how to be a professional each and every day. And I think that's great for this team. And hopefully they can come together as a whole and be that tight unit that we all think they are and take it the distance. I mean, they know they got a lot to do. You know, it's it's on paper right now. But as far as leadership is concerned, I think this team has all the bases checked. Now, as as you went down the line, I start. I was like, man, okay, all right. I'm thinking about the players and and the position groups and who the leaders are. I'm like, oh, dang, you know, as I look at that running back room, who is it? It's void of leadership <laughs> right now. <laughs> who is it? Right now. What I, all I, all I've heard about Tony Pollard is he's a quiet guy. He's one yeah. of those lead by example mm-hmm. guys. But who who's the guy to get everybody together, get you hanging out, making sure we're staying after the watch film? Who's ordering the wing stop? Right. Yeah. Hey, man, everybody come in here <laughs> after practice. I got Wingstop for us, and we're going to look at a, a few more plays to make sure that we all on the same page. Who is that guy? That, it, it has to be Tony Pollard, right? You would I think mean, that he's getting outside of his own bubble yeah. to, to be that vocal guy because he's, he's a veteran now. He's seen it done. So I, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this from, from my experience. Some guys are, are just one type. Yeah. Right? Like, okay. It, like, it, it – some guys have a, a, a hard time going from I lead by example, watch me play, and then going to the Demarcus Lawrence role of like, okay, now I'm speaking on it, mm-hmm. and now I'm doing both. Like everybody doesn't really have that that characteristic uh, characteristic in them. That's very true. And, and as for me, I mean, I'll take myself as an example. I'm more of a lead by example. Like I'm not gonna go out there and be this raw raw leader. Hey, we got everybody. Hey, just follow it. You not a raw raw guy? No, nah, I'm not. What? I've never been. I've always been. <laughs> Lead by example, but I've also had leaders with me that I'm thankful for, like a Sean Lee or or Demarcus Ware or somebody like that who can take that vocal presence away from. Because I know I'm not the guy that everybody rally around me. All right, this is how we're gonna break things down. I was never that type of guy. So you got to have two type of leaders on this team, and hopefully for that running back room, somebody can step up. I want to talk about something that you just mentioned with 
You, you said Demarcus Lawrence, but you also talked about Dak. Mm -hmm. And one of the stories that I got from training camp, I got this from Nate talking to him the other day, was about Dak. It, it was 11 on 11. Simi Fajoko ran a route. He cut it off short. Dak threw the ball. It was one of those that ones that was intercepted. <laughs> Dak gets Simi coming back to the huddle and not so much berates him in front of the team or whatever, but you know that there was that one-on-one -on -one time to talk to him about what he did wrong because they're obviously learning a new offense. The timing may be a little bit off, but still letting him know that, look, this is where I need you to be. Mm -hmm. Dak coming into this season, obviously so much riding on it, so much expectation on his shoulders because at the end of the day, everybody's going to be talking about him. Yeah. When you think about him as a leader and at the quarterback position from all the other 31 quarterbacks there is in the league do you think that there's anything maybe lacking in his leadership over the years it's hard to say about the, yeah. the guy being Walter Payton man of the year but yeah. some way that he can step his game up as a leader I'm gonna be honest with you I, and in my opinion I think Dak is probably one of the best leaders I've ever been around in the locker room I mean period I mean from a young guy from a rookie until now I mean he's grown unbelievably and he understands that you can't talk to each player or motivate each player the same way you know he went over to Semi Fajoko as you said he didn't you know berate him and say you got to get there. he kind of just talked to him and say right. hey this is how you need to do this route and hopefully you know later on in that in that practice he was able to do the right thing some guys you can yell at and motivate them say hey man you playing like you know what you need to get your you know butt in gear and some guys you can't you got to learn how to motivate people and I think Dak does an amazing job of treating each individual teammate out there different and uh, his leadership style to me is, is second to none it's, it's a fine line between that right especially when the end result ends up falling in your lap yeah. 17 interceptions last season and let's say maybe five of those were based off of tip passes mm -hmm. if you're Dak Aren't you like, look, man, I'm, get, I'm crawling all over you about simple mistakes like that because imminently it falls on me. Yeah. Well, I think I think if you look at um, the trajectory of some of the greatest quarterbacks of, that we've been able to see, mm -hmm. the Peyton Mannings, the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom right. Brady's, right? What do you start to see as as they go on deep in their career and they have the young guys who come in and don't know what they're doing or they're dropping passes? You start to see that. You start to see it go from, hey, man, I'm I'm. I'm trying to work with you yeah. to like, hey, listen, if you ain't going to do it, we can get you out of there. Yeah. And I think that's the next progression of Dak's leadership, right? I think, I think you're going to get to the point to where it's like, hey, man, listen, I love you, okay? Yeah. But I'm going to tell you this. If I know that you ain't been working out during the summer and I know that you don't know what's going on because you're, you're sleeping in the meetings and then I get out there and you're not <laughs> right. running the right route right. and you're dropping passes, mm -hmm. that – I used to, hey, man, you're going to be okay. That's going to change to, hey, hey, hey go into the sideline, dog. Go into the yeah. sideline. We're going to bring somebody else in who I know has been working hard, and I know they want uh, to maximize the opportunity that I'm going to give them. I think that's the next progression of it because if you continue to see stuff like guys dropping passes and, going, and it's going for uh, yeah. interceptions or making the wrong reads, uh, you know, based on whatever the coverage is showing and they running the wrong route and that ends up as an interception, I think you're going to start to see, like, hey, man, we, I got I got guys. I got Cooks. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. And I right. got, got CeeDee Lamb and I got Michael Gallup and then the rest of y'all, y'all just gonna have to figure it out because I'm not taking a chance on y'all because y'all are letting me down. I mean, like classic example of what you're saying is that goes to the to the podium after the Jacksonville game, throws a ball to Noah Brown, hits him in the bread basket, goes right to the other player, runs it back for a touchdown. He puts that on himself. Mm -hmm. Now if you go to other quarterbacks, I won't call them by, but come on, man. They will throw you up. Aaron Rodgers will throw you under the bus. Yeah, you know, we're gonna say young guys. Young yeah. guys. You gotta have guys. Yeah. He will guys. throw you yeah. under the bus, but Dak is the quarterback that will put it on himself. Mm -hmm. And that to me, like that's a difference in leadership 
especially when you talk about a guy, someone like Tom Brady that a dog cuss a receiver on the sideline. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers that'll throw you under the bus at a press conference. Dak will do none of it and take all of the responsibility that comes with it. And then so, some quarterbacks, you know, that we played with, um, you, they'll make, you'll make a mistake like that. They won't even say nothing to you. They'll just go to the coach and then next thing you know, man, why am I only playing, you know, 10 snaps instead of 40 snaps? So, these guys are lucky that they have a guy like that that cares enough to say, you know, hey, I'm going to bring you to the side and say, you know, this is what you need to do better. Because like I said, we played with a guy that, <laughs> oh, oh you, you, that's what you're doing? All right. I'm going go to I'm gonna go to the coach real quick. But I got to ask her, so at what point does it change? Because I, well, I was true. Because I'm not ta- I'm not ta- I, was, I wasn't talking about the guys who will go and get you in the, in the, in the media, right, yeah. when they come to the podium and they say, well, this guy did whatever. I'm talking about the guy who had practice when you drop a pass and you you running in. He said, "Now nah, go back to the sideline. Jason Witten would do a guy like that. Yeah, yeah. Hey, man, you don't know what you're doing? Get go on get to the sideline, man. Go on to the sideline. In the middle of the play. Hey, and, coach, man, this dude, mm, get him and, up out and, of and, here. And, and, but he had to, but he, that also helped guys. They respected him when he said go yeah, to the sideline. They didn't say, well, coach told me. They'd be like, all right, man. <laughs> hey, we said I got to get out. But I think that is the, I think that's the progression of the leadership to where you say, hey, man, I've been around teams uh, in, in instances where this type of stuff right here has cost us in big moments. Yeah. And I'm not going to let that continue to cost us in big moments. So you got to go until you can get it figured out. And like I said, I think that's the next progression of, of Dax. He's a, an amazing leader. Yeah. But it's, you know, sometimes you'd be like, hey, man, we done got so close so many times. And this ain't on me, all right? <laughs> this on guys. That's on well, him. This, this, ain't, this <laughs> on guys that I see. I'm going to take it in the, at the podium. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But this is on guys who I know, like, when we're working out, when we go to Miami, all right, you didn't come. Like, mm-hmm. that, like that, that is when you say, all right, now I understand, Dak, when you, when you got to say, hey, man, you – you're not the one. Go to the sideline. So, so I, I think it'll get there. You know, especially when you start winning some Super Bowls, dude's gonna be like, "Hey, man, I know, I know the length of an NFL career, and yeah. uh, and we didn't, and we didn't got, and we didn't got close enough, but we're not there. And I know I only have a certain amount of years left. Yeah. Now it's a little bit more serious. Danny McRae is predicting a Super Bowl. I heard it. You yes, heard it. I heard right? it. I, I said it. I, I said it. You don't start winning. Uh, Super Bowl. I was like, put something on it. Hey, I, hey, I, I refuse to believe that you were not a rah-rah guy. I refuse to believe. You were not a rah-rah guy. I was not no, a rah-rah guy. You weren't a rah-rah. Uh, you rah-rah in here, though. I was just like, hey, if y'all don't want to do it, I right. think you played with. So, yeah, D-Ware. You had Jason Hatcher. Um, Jay Ratley, Rat, like, okay. Spears. Okay, you didn't have to. Yeah, be. I didn't know. Brady then, James. I mean, and then, and then after that, you had Rob Ryan as your defense coordinator, yeah, who was going to be the. You know, so you didn't, you didn't, you didn't really have, like D. Ware to me wasn't even really a Rob Ryan guy. Yeah. Wasn't. You know, they so kind of forced him into yeah. that. Like, yeah, he but you could tell it wasn't him. Mm, yeah. Mm. Well, man, we got our final segment coming up, and man, we're going to talk about my favorite subject. Y'all know what my favorite subject Tasty is. Cakes. Coming right back. No, no, no. The, the bazooka is my favorite subject. Look, man, I'm not eating tasty cakes this year. I promise you, there will be no tasty cakes being ate this year. Coming up next on the Players Lounge. You ain't right. Hi, I'm Danny McRae, Dallas Cowboys alumni player here with Smoothie King. And Smoothie King wants to ask you, what's that sound? That's the sound of you and everyone else absolutely loving new smoothie bowls from Smoothie King. And woo, me too. These smoothie bowls start with acai and pitaya and are handcrafted with fresh toppings like sliced bananas, sweet berries, crunchy purely Elizabeth granola, and a savory peanut butter drizzle. New smoothie bowls, only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Want to use the Cowboys locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. 
Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word cowboys. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com is one of the most trusted ways to buy, sell, and trade crypto. Whether you're always on the go or stay closer to home, Blockchain.com is just a few taps away. Put the power of crypto in your pocket so no matter where you are, you can trade on your terms and build a crypto portfolio to fit your life. For crypto pros, rookies, and anyone in between, Blockchain.com makes it easy to own a piece of the future. Blockchain.com, trusted by millions, trusted by America's team. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with pregame sideline access and photo ops with current players, cheerleaders, and cowboy legends. You want to stay at a team hotel, attend the best tailgate party in Texas, tour the star, and talk X's and O's with me, Everson Walls? With Star Sports Tours, you can. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Back to the Players' Lounge. The recently crowned 2023 Kafka Gold <laughs> Cup Championship Mexican Men's National Championship team will take on Australia on Saturday, September 9th at AT&T Stadium as part of the 20th anniversary of the Mexic Tour. Don't miss another exciting soccer match in AT&T Stadium. Tickets are on sale now at SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing provider of AT&T Stadium. Back in action here for the final segment of the Players' Lounge. And as I was alluding to in the little tease that was interrupted by your tasty cake um, (laughs) (laughs) non-sponsorship plug, (laughs) all right? Let's talk about my guy, Micah Parsons. If y'all have been noticing, Micah is wrecking shot. Now it's getting to the point where <laughs> it's getting to the point where they can't even run plays. All right. Yeah. He is he's that disruptive in yeah. camp. When do you I mean, come on, man. You guys look, played in the league, no full well. This is how new he does. Yeah, you guys play. <laughs> I'll be sitting over there like, ah, man. <laughs> ah, man. <laughs> you guys played in the league. And you have played with some special players, like a one Demarcus Ware, which we're gonna talk talk about when we get up out of here. Uh when you have a guy like this that's dominating and you know you want his best stuff for the season, if you're the coaches, are you saying, look, let's dial this kid back a little bit, you know, send him over there with Britt Brown. I don't care what he do. We need to save all this for the regular season. Um, when it comes, you know, full padded practices and all that, you know, he, he's still young enough where I'm, I'm going to put him out there for the full pad. I'm going to let him do his thing. You know, he's, he's the vocal leader. He's almost, you know, the face of the franchise outside of Dak. So, to me, I'm going to let him do his thing out there. But when it comes to these preseason games, I, we've seen enough. <laughs> all right, sit your butt over there with Britt Brown. Don't, I mean, I wouldn't even let him dress out for the game because you know the type of man he is and the type of guy he is. If he's dressing out there, he's want to get on the field yeah. and to me it's just it's not worth the risk out there for a preseason game we've seen it happen time and time again where guys will go out there for their 10 snaps and on that ninth snap something crazy happens and to me the big bazooka aka parsons he's a guy that you can't afford to lose all right especially um, for this team i feel like he's you know basically the fire of this team and he gets everything going in the right motion so for me preseason 
Nah, you go ahead and sit over there with Britt Brown, and get some of them uh them bands done, but nah, I'm not I'm not messing with it in preseason. Yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not asking for him to go out there and play. Now nah, if he get he get a couple snaps like a, a series and mm-hmm. the third one, if they all play, then 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 I kinda understand that. But nah, do we need to see anything from him? No. 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 We we know how good he is. We know he went and got better. <laughs> we saw all the stories of him going to talk to some of the best offensive linemen that have played the game in our generation and getting tips from them on how to be better. So we know that he's put in the work. I mean, I feel the same way, same way about him as I feel about a guy like C.D. Lamb. Or I feel about a guy like Brandon Cooks. Like, do, do I need to see him in the preseason? Mm-hmm. No. And I think Mike McCarthy is setting it up perfectly by making sure that there's a lot of ones versus ones in the preseason, right? Because what happens is if you believe that you have a top five defense, mm-hmm. okay, you're probably not going to get better competition in the preseason, right? You're probably the best competition that you're going to get before the regular season is probably in practice, yeah. right? So they're getting all the reps that they need to get. Uh, Michael Parsons is going up against Tyron Smith, who's healthy right now, so he's probably getting the best look that he's going to get uh, before he gets into the regular season. So I don't expect to see them much. If we do, maybe a series, but outside of that, nah, I want them to stay healthy because what happens is it, it doesn't even have to be a, a major injury, an ACL. Achilles in there that just something small, a nagging small injury. nagging injury yes. for the first four weeks of your season is like, oh, I'm a little slower than I should be because mm-hmm. I tweaked something, you that's, know, on a on a on a, on a That's what play. I'm that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You guys are two KG veterans, you played a lot of years in the NFL. You have a guy on your team that can make your you money. Okay? A guy that can make you money. Okay, you have a one percenter of all the the dogs that are quote unquote dogs in the NFL. I don't want him to have any of that, a tweak hammy, a tweak quad, a finger, or any of that. He is what he is. The debate about him being a linebacker versus defensive end, that's over with. He's a defensive end, okay? And now, even even with the experience that he has, he is one of the best in the NFL. I I I wouldn't even dare think that he would play a preseason game. But at this point, it's making it hard on this offense just to get a look. <laughs> okay. Well, 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 listen, okay, we, we, we know the state of our offensive line, all right? So mm-hmm. I, I will always tell this story. I will always tell it, man, when I went up to, sh- to Chicago, all right, <laughs> we was balling in uh, training camp against our offense, killing them. I mean, I must have about four picks in, uh, in training camp. <laughs> I got the starting job and everything, all that. Yeah. I said, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be nice when we get into the regular season because we the the Bears had beat the brakes off of us when we went up yeah, there. Yeah, they did. Before. They did. Man, we got out there only to realize that our offense was absolute trash. <laughs> 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 we, we were the offense was so trash. We thought we was great, and then we played an offense that was average, and they ran it up on us. Okay, yeah. so you never know. Okay, so let's say we know that our offensive line right now is going through. Zach Martin ain't there. Mm-hmm. Tyron Smith is trying to figure it back out again at this point, but he's also probably in his. Like, I still need to stay healthy trying to make sure that nothing happens. And then you're shuffling for the rest of your offensive line. Tyler Smith's playing left guard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we know that his natural position is left the tackle, left so he's tackle. still figuring that out as a second-year player. So that's some of the headaches that you expect to have. And then when you got a guy like Mark, Michael Parsons who's that great, yeah, he's going to wreck your practice. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to wreck. He's not even going to give you an opportunity to really find that shuffle out. They probably got to put him on the sideline <laughs> just so they can see what they can pass off and what they can't, you know, who can really play the game because it's, it's not a fair assessment of a guy 
that's going against a Michael Parsons every snap to say, is he a guy who could play in the league? Because he's not even, it's not fair. Mm -mm. It's not fair. He has to get a look against a guy who he may be actually going against of that type of tier. <laughs> right. He's a, Michael Parsons is tier one, okay? Right. On average, you're probably going against tier two, tier three at the most on average, okay? Yeah. So put some of them tier three guys in there and then let them go against our offensive line and see what happens. Yeah. Well, look, guys, you, I'm sure you saw over the weekend one of your former uh, teammates get enshrined into. I know you saw that. Why I got to be like that, man? Uh, Come on, man. Let him live. Why did he go out there and sing that? Demarcus Ware, your former teammate, sung the national anthem and mm -hmm. got his gold jacket. But, man, a great speech. Uh, and, and I want to give you guys just a minute to talk about a guy that you got an opportunity to play with uh, getting his gold jacket. No, without a doubt. I mean, it, it's much deserved. When you talk about a, a pro's pro, I mean, DeMarcus Ware, his picture is going to be in the, in, in the dictionary when you talk about that. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, came to work early each and every day, stayed late, and he wasn't a selfish guy. Like, this guy, he, he knew all the tricks of the trade, and he taught the younger guys, no matter if you were undrafted, if you were a sixth, seventh round pick, he's going to teach you the knowledge that he knew going in through this game. And he helped a lot of young guys out that way. And when you talk about his on-field performance, I mean, we came in as rookies. I mean, it was just <laughs> crazy to see a guy his size be able to run as fast, bend the corners that he was able to, and, and impact the game like he's able to. So much deserved. I mean, Hall of Fame for this guy, is, it, it, was, it was a deserved opportunity for him, and I'm glad he was able to get there. But um, we talking about singing that national anthem. My man, my man was up there like this. I love it, though. I love it. He did, he did, he did a good job, man. He did a good job. No, no D-Ware is great, man. I love D-Ware. I see him all the time now. Uh, he was my locker mate when I first got into the league. So it's, that, that's a guy you want to sit next to if you want to mm -hmm. try to figure out how to be a professional in the league and try to get some pointers on what you should do uh, as a rookie, mm -hmm. uh, you know, trying to get your footing as you uh, get into the league. Um, I will say this. I think I, I, it may have been our second year uh, where I was like, okay, d is great. We all know he's great, mm -hmm. you know. And he played, he balled out, he had the club on. I think he got yeah. interception with the club he on. Did. But the standout game to me, okay, is – the Philadelphia Eagles, yeah. when they were the second coming of the greatest show on turf, and Michael Vick, Mike Vick and Sean all, Jackson, yeah. and all them, and D. Ware went out there and got four sacks on the guy, and Michael Vick is still running. Yeah. yeah, he was still rolling. Yeah, like, he, was he still, went out there and yeah. got four sacks on the guy, and I'm, I'm just watching. I'm like, this is this is different. Yeah, this is this is something totally different than you've ever seen, uh, because you. You already know he's great, and then you still have you still see it, and you say, "Oh, he's that great!" <laughs> like there, there was never a limit to like how much he could do. Like he always could, he could always go out there and surprise you and say, oh, "That's actually something I never thought I, I would see done in uh right. in my time playing the game." So shout out to him, Super Bowl champion yes, as well. So yes. yeah, great dude, uh, well well deserved. Man, I, I tell you what, man, this is uh, one of those moments when you see a good guy get rewarded and. That's uh, DeMarcus Ware, man. Just an awesome dude, man, yeah. all around. I haven't heard one person say anything bad about DeMarcus Ware Dang. ever. You know, Dang. so I, I'll check them if I hear somebody. <laughs> I'll be like, it's you, dog. It's yeah. you. No, but, yeah, but much deserving. And to all of the recipients, man, Revis Island got in. I mean, it was some, it was some real dogs, man, some guys yeah. that played in this yeah. league and well-deserved, man, to all of them in the weekend uh, in Canton. But that's a wrap. But us here mm -hmm. on the Players' Lounge, we came in, we did what we did. We'll be back on Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. at 1 o'clock. I still got this in my pocket for you if like you I want it. I can't do it. I can't <laughs> do it. Can't it's the Players' Lounge, it. man. We'll be back on Wednesday. We'll see y'all. <laughs> 
This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!